I come back to today's podcast. Trust you're doing beautiful this day. Now, to, uh, this is just Justin's podcast for those who are just joining in with Rumble and Bristler. So, I'm always happy to be your favorite host. Yeah, so today is gonna be about um, a very interesting topic. For many who would listen to it, I know the name sounds it's all churchy and it's all religious. No, it's it's an amazing topic, and the Lord placed in my heart to reach out to young people out there. Now we've been looking at fear, looked at defeating fear, looked at um, having the mind of Christ. We are in a series of fear. I know the first episode was the importance of mentorship. You know. So I spoke about so many young people are not willing to give themselves up to mentorship, you know. So Jesus Christ gave himself up to mentorship. God mentored him. Holy Spirit led him through all. A mentor is someone who trains you, who has to guide you through things. And the Holy Spirit is a guide. And remember the Bible said that the Spirit of the Lord led him to the wilderness. And he said, I go and will not leave you comfortless. I send the Holy Spirit who will guide you in all things. So, Jesus was one who submitted to authority. He was humble. And in submitting to God's will, his fear ran off when he was to die for all of us. In submission to God's will, the flesh didn't have a place to, you know, to conquer him, you know. There was no place for fear at all. Just that the flesh was weak, but his spirit was willing and fear had to run out. Now, we saw that defeating fear was about having the spirit of love, having the spirit of power, and having the spirit of self-control. Because the Bible said in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, he said, um, For I have not given you the spirit of fear, but I have given you the spirit of love power and of self-control yeah so the fear defies these three spirits and they are the fruits of the holy spirit they are the character of the holy spirit power at one verse eight and when you look at come upon you shall receive power what is power ability ability that is strength capacity to do things in christ love is the very internal gift it's the greatest gift is even greater than prophecy greater these are the fruits of the holy spirit and fear kicks this all off from a believer's life and self-control remember in the first corinthians 6 verse 12 to 15 where apostle peter apostle paul said everything is good but not all things are lawful for him not all things are expected of him to do so that he will not be a slave to any so he he developed self-control because the holy spirit was in him so there are several things that believers ought not to do self-control consecration you understand that your purpose your call has you know principles we looked at that in first in the first season of our podcast we looked at it through um Pe- pressure. Like true pair pressure. We we saw that yeah, we saw that King Solomon warned a young man and said, My child, when sinners and tells you consent not so that was the principle for that young man's destiny. Or some of us we have different principles guiding our destinies. Okay, so today we're gonna be looking at God's will. 
and man's mind there's always a conflict between what god's spirit wants for us between what god wants for us and what we want for ourselves and know that whatever we we think of ourselves are limited compared to what god thinks so compared to god's structure for us compared to god's laid down plans for us compared to whatever we think of ourselves because the bible said in isaiah 55 verse 8 to 7 he said that the thoughts of god are not the thoughts of man he said just as the heavens is farther from the earth so are his thoughts farther or higher than ours we cannot reach it it takes a spiritual being to know the will of god we looked at it at uh, previous episode the mind of christ if you must know god's thoughts for you must know god's way for you you must have the spirit of god you must have the mind of christ that is meek that is humble that is submissive to receive it a mind that does not fear if god's plan is good or not but follows it duly because it is perfect remember in james 1 verse 17 the bible said that every good and perfect gift comes from above and from our father who is in heaven god is the giver of the perfect and every good gift so whatever you think for yourself may be good but it is not entirely good because it is selfish it is from your mind it is what you think is right for you it's what you think it is not what you know is right so it is selfish whatever god has for you is perfect it is entirely perfect it's entirely best for you nothing beats it it is best so there's always a conflict in the mind about the will of god because man right from time always wants to have his way and look at what look at why you should not trust your heart or why you should not trust your mind Bible said in um in ezekiel 36 or no jeremiah jeremiah precisely I think 16, 17, or 19, 17. I can't remember. I know that's in Jeremiah. It says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? So in as much as you are making plans for yourself, the flesh is always the flesh. Your soul is always your soul. Your mind is always your mind. And whatever shapes your mind, whatever forms the foundation of your mind, we form the outcome of your life. Proverbs 4 verse 23, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if your thoughts are limited around selfishness, your life will be selfish. There will be no impact, there will be no nothing. So once you submit to the will of God, once you submit to God's will for your life, you see that he drives you on to impact. You see that he gives you a life that is purposeful and people can identify with it and say yes this life has really touched me people can identify with it and say yes god is really in this life so that is why if your heart is desperately wicked no matter how the no matter how beautiful the plans you make up for yourself it can never amount to the beauty or the perfection of god's thoughts for you okay now i broke this talk or this podcast into segments yeah so and before i go into it i would like to share a little thing a little 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 story it's about jesus you know so jesus christ was a was was also the son of god or should i say he was god god the son 
but he came down to earth to fulfill purpose what was that purpose to die for humanity devil knew that he was going to die yes the devil knew that he was going to die but he did not know the actual purpose of the death he just thought that okay, he just to die but he never knew he was coming to take authority that was why in revelation 5 when they brought out the schools and said who would open up the sea or who would take it from here every other person ran off it was only jesus christ that stood because he had paid the sacrifice because he was the living lamb of god slaughtered sacrificed and still living so the devil said ah, he wants to die <laughs> so the devil made every plans everything around jesus christ to be for his death but i don't know that that death was to raise him up on high above every other thing even above him he thought that gaining a sovereign place was about staying alive that it was it was about fighting by strangers as he did before he was cast down to earth but god had better plans god had a, a perfect plan a man would look at it like just like the devil and say okay it's not to die it's to save people now yeah you come and die for these useless people these people that are not serious with their lives even though he dies for them some of them will not still give their lives to him so that was the idea of day of the devil it was limited now remember the bible said that in john 14 that john 14 verse 30 said the ruler of the world has come and he has nothing to do with me now if the devil is a ruler of this world just imagine how much he controls the mind of people just imagine how much how much he places a war in the hearts of people he wages a lot of battle in the hearts of young people that whatever god tells them may look foolish because how will god say go and die for 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 people even generations yet unborn people that would that would still treat me like and that i'm not important just imagine so that kind of that kind of plan was you know it was somehow a songwriter said god wanted to send in jamaica jamaica was not fit he wanted to send the angels in heaven they were not fit to say until jesus christ came and appeared i said i want to do it ever said he sent his only begotten son now looking at that plan one would say what kind of a living father would send his son but then god had god had a better plan god had a plan that jesus christ would be sovereign be supreme that his name will be powerful that every name called upon him will be saved do you know what that means to be saved that means even on earth if you like go to the safest place you are not safe you are still in danger your life is still exposed to destruction but he said the only place of safety is in the lord so god gave him the position of safety in him he put safety in god he put up in christ he put authority in christ he put everything that the devil could not get but yet he was still humble yet he still had a, a meek mind that is why we said we started off with the mind of christ before we can genuinely understand the purpose of god for us before we can genuinely submit to it you must have the mind of christ christ knew that dying for the people dying for humanity would raise him up on high but he exhibited a mind of meekness nobody entirely knew it but he just said just he said the son of man shall be lifted up nobody knew he spoke in parables 
and all of that even the devil could not phantom it even the devil could not decipher it so now why this story the devil had concluded that if Christ died, that would be the end of humanity. That God was God was doing nonsense. Just of course, you know, how will you come and kill your own child? Oh, so everywhere Jesus Christ went to, he would always instigate. So the devil would always instigate the people to make sure that they kill him, that he does not come out. So he thought that was entirely God's plan to kill him. Not until he died. And when Christ died, he, he went into hell. He defeated death. He defeated hell and took the key. So even the devil has no has no option than to bow to to Jesus. Now, what is what is the lesson behind the story? Now, Jesus Christ had in mind that if it is possible, let the cup pass him by. But he recognized that God's will, God's thought, is supreme. He understood that God's plan is perfect. Even though it looked foolish, because the Bible said that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God, and God's wisdom is foolishness. It does not; it will not add up at all. You'll be asking yourself, ah, does this thing make sense? It does not make any sense because your mind is logical, your mind is is rational, your mind is is what it's, it's calculative. You don't always want to do all the all, I always want to dot all the i's and cross all the t's and when god says do this you're like ah, it's not making sense god you can do this but then it is perfect so every young person that day i remember when my brother was praying when he was still in nigeria actually he would go for all nights consecutive all nights you know so one day that period before because he was preparing to travel out we don't know nobody he didn't have a proper plan but all he said was i will travel out he went to get his international passport and he traveled out okay but there was time of preparation there was prayers he prayed a lot so in that period of praying his spiritual father told him he said son he said look, you may not look like where you are going to right now because he was confessing it but looking at him he had no money he had nobody he knew nobody in the u.s my family was not connected to any rich person at all we didn't know anybody but he just kept confessing because he believed it and because his life wasn't looking like like it sometimes he would get discouraged and say ah, Beck, this thing is not adding up does not make sense how we got someone to travel to the u.s and there's nothing on ground what is he even saying self i don't know but because it was god's plan it happened at the perfect time and even when there was no money god provided money he traveled out even when he got there god provided help so god's plan god's thoughts are perfect and they will all happen at the perfect time not at man's time that is one thing that is the conflict between god's will and their thoughts and the mind of man and the thoughts of man because you always want it to happen at your own time probably because you want to prepare them probably because you just want to show off that yes your god is alive it's good to say that your god is alive indeed god wants to be known to people around that is alive but then if your motive behind being blessed is 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 it's uh is limited to to mocking people or to making people feel mocked then that is wrong so god's thoughts and will be happen at his own time god is never late god is never fast it just it is his timing is just perfect just perfect it is the way we see it it is our own mind it's a human mind that will tell us ah it's too far or oh, 
God's plan is too cruel, or God's plan is too this, or God's plan is too that. So he has to work on your mind. Christ had a perfect mind. That was why he could he could fulfill purpose. Most persons today, just look at Samson. Samson, God called him and said, okay, you will deliver the train of Israel. In understanding the rudiments of his purpose and knowing that no blade should cut his head, he could have still knew that women was a problem and he could have stayed off from it. But no, his mind told him, how will a loving God give you such power and not want it to be around women? Ah, So there was a perfect time for him to get married and the God led him. And his parents, in, if you read Judges 13, 14, 15, and 16, you will see how it started and how it ended. So God said, follow him to go and marry this woman. But then he saw another woman on the road. He you know, defied himself. So your mind will always tell you that that pleasure, your, your mind will always tell you, go and enjoy yourself. It may not look harmful, it may look like a simple act, but it will defy your consecration, it will defy your call, it will defy God's plan and will for you. And in defining it, you cannot step into his perfection. It's as simple as that. Because like we said in Ephesians 4 from verse 1 to 16, that after you have discovered your call, after you have discovered your purpose, he said you will grow into maturity. That is from being an apostle, from being an evangelist, from being a teacher, from being a pastor. He said, you will, you will be matured as God is matured. And he said, the devil cannot deceive you, cannot toss you up and down. The devil could not toss Jesus up and down. That was why he was defeated at Jesus' death. So understand that your purpose, he said, for this reason, the Son of Man came that he may destroy the works of Satan. And the earth are with the endless manifestations of the sons of God. Sons of God are those who have the mind of God, those who submit totally, entirely to the will of God and to his perfect timing. It's as simple as that. God's will is in time. The sacrifice of God's will is in time and his plan is in his counsel. Whatever God has given you as a counsel for your destiny, just trust me, God has a plan in it. And if you will follow through the counsel, you are you are you are unconsciously or, con- or consciously stepping into his plan for you and remember his plans what are perfect jeremiah 29 verse 11 for the plans and the thoughts that i have towards you are thoughts of good and not of evil what is and what unexpected and what is god's thoughts it is his will for you let us make man it was intentional it was out of god's will he said let us make man okay now that's my story <laughs> let me not go further than i need to go okay so i'm going to be breaking this segment into two parts because i've highlighted four discussions here first one is why should teenagers see themselves through god's lens yeah why you should see yourself through god's lens because god has the eyes that he looks at you god has god has a mirror he uses to look at you that you are a reflection of him okay we say that we are a reflection and a mirror of god genesis 1 we'll keep hampering on this said let us make man in our own image and in our likeness you are in the image of god now the image is a reflection of an object yes when you put um if for those who did refractive index practical in physics, when you put an image in front of the mirror and you use um, 
if if you use a glass prism or a box prism you will see that that image refracts that is it bends so that sorry that object so what or probably when you put a mirror and in putting that mirror you put that object in front of it you see that it produces another of its kind now if it's for objective legs the image will be will be magnified and it will be a real image that is it is the same but when you use it when you look at it through the islands those who use microscope you see that the image is what is magnified and virtual the same thing when you use the convex and convex the convex and convex lens now god has a lens through which he sees you and that lens is that you are like him it's not like the prism it's not like convex it's not like convex it's not like concave lens it's not like the eyepiece it's not like the eyepiece it's not like the objective lens neither is it like the condenser those things need light to operate those things needs needs perfect light to operate as in you must give them a source of light whether it is internal or external or whether an illuminator inside the microscope but god before he created me, he said, let there be light. He knew the excess of light. He knew the importance of light. Light means I know what I'm doing. Light means that there's clarification. I can see through. Light, light means that I do not walk in darkness. Yes, light means I can see. That is why the eyes uses light to walk. It uses light to work. So the, the, the iris controls the amount of light that enters the eyes. How? Looking at the simple setup of a microscope, a condenser has an aperture. And that aperture, it has an iris that receives light for you to be able, because it's on the mechanical, um, is it stable now or stamp? Forgotten the name. So it is where your slide is placed and you can monitor it through the objective lens so the condenser receives the light so god has an eyes through which he sees you and that eyes is you are his image is that you are his no one else you cannot be anybody else he's a jealous god so in understanding this you will know that god sees you perfectly more than the world sees you more than your parents sees you more than you see yourself you understand that the eyes in which God sees you are more perfect. They are clearer. They are better. So if you must trust his judgment, you should trust him more than any other person because he created you and the lens in which he sees you is perfect. Because most times your parents will tell you, do this, do that. Walk in this field, walk in that. But that is not entirely what God wants for your life. It may look good because that is the professional course. So probably that is what is selling in the country. But have you asked yourself, how does God see me? I remember a story of um, a priest. He told me his story. He said that when he was young, he wanted to, the parents wanted him to become a medical doctor. The teachers wanted him to become an engineer. Then he said he wanted a higher purpose for himself where he would impart lives. So all what the parents and the teachers were saying were not correlating with what he wanted. So he, he told himself, let me go look myself through God's lens. Let me go know what God really wants for my life. So you see that God's plan 
is the ultimate. Your parents may have good plans for you, but they are limited. Your, your spouse, your colleague, your friends may tell you, oh, this thing do it because it's based on the physical abilities that they are seeing. But they forget that it is God who has given you such ability and he would want you to work with them for a higher purpose. That is why when you are confused, when you don't know what to do, look at yourself in the lens of God. Ask him, what would you have me do instead? What is it that you have called me for? What is it that, you know, like, what should I do? So looking at yourself from God's lens, it erases every every thought of mediocrity. He said when he went to the Carmelite order or when he went to to a retreat he met with a priest said the priest just gave him a text read on reading that text he said it highlighted every burden in his heart and he made him realize what exactly he needed to do that is what god's lens do when we see ourselves through god's lens it highlights every spot in us remember in the microscope it is stained for you can see certain parts so god's lens is should i say is <laughs> is a scam it tells you what ought not to be in you and it tells you what is wrong it tells you what is right it tells you how to go about it so look at yourself through his lens to avoid confusion comparison mediocrity most young people are found in this box they want to put god in their mind box they want god to work for them they want to control god but it's the other way around god does not control per se god guides god leads and start seeing yourself through his lens start seeing yourself through his eyes start seeing yourself through his eyes because what he sees for you what he sees about you are beautiful they are perfect now secondly and lastly because we won't be wasting so much time today is why young person should only measure up to god's standards yes god has standards what is that standard holiness righteousness god's standard is you may feel like okay ah it's too it's too hard to meet meet up with it because god is perfect but remember the bible said in matthew 5 verse 48 he said be perfect because your heavenly father is perfect so if god knows that you will not meet that standard he wouldn't have asked you to be perfect if you look at other translations he said be matured for ah you are matured now what is god's standard remember i mentioned in ephesians 4 from verse 1 to 16 that when god has revealed his purpose for you when you have stepped into the ministries of your call he said he will make you perfect that it will make you mature so that you will be so that you will be you'll be um, sensitive to the deception of satan so that you'll be sensitive to to how the devil works and he said you will not be moved or you'll not be tossed that is you will not be easily swayed or deceived to and fro by satan what is god's standard get matured so that you'll not be easily deceived because God, because God sees us through a lens, and because God has a plan for us, His plan will not suddenly materialize. It will take time. It takes process. That is God. He does not produce what is half cooked or what is half baked or what is half done. That is one thing you should know. So if you are running faster than your destiny, you are not being cooked. And the more you run faster, the more you approach your end point. Because if you live tomorrow, when you get to tomorrow, when you get your tomorrow today, your tomorrow, what awaits you is death. Because after after tomorrow, after all the work, after all the enjoyment you think you want to enjoy, it is death that awaits you. So, living a life 
outside of God's will really attracts Satan and it will use your life to play. It will make you look like you're enjoying life. It will make you look like you're having the best of life. But God's standard is that you follow process. God's standard is that you grow into maturity. God's standard is that even in your work with him, you grow into holiness, you grow into righteousness. That was exactly what he came to preach. That was exactly what Christ came to do, that you grow in love. He came to die for us in love. That was the message of the cross, love, sacrifice. So God's standard is that you grow in love. Remember, this is the spirit that fear fights. That you grow in love, that you grow in, in your maturity, that you grow in holiness. God wants us to grow, He doesn't want us to remain the way we are. But Satan would always come and give lies and say, God's standards are too high. You cannot meet it. Ah, don't do it. It's not possible. Ah, it's not only Jesus Christ that is perfect. No, you have the mind of Christ in you. I don't know why we are doing this series, but I know God is speaking to someone. So you have the mind of Christ in you to live above sin, to live above iniquity, to live above comparison, to live above mediocrity, to live above, you know, the lies of Satan. Because the Bible said that Satan is the father of all lies and he has been lying from the beginning. So if you do not follow up with God's standard for your life or whatever he has placed as the principles for your destiny, you, you will not grow into maturity. That is, you must first enter God's will. You must first have the mind of Christ. You must know his intentions for you. You must know his will and his thoughts for you. Then your mind should shift to his intention and his mind or his will for you. Because then let us make man our enemy. So God, has, God, sees you as a, God sees you from a lens that you are like him. And you have power, you have authority, you have dominion. That is why he blessed man with dominion after creating him. So God sees so many possibilities in you. God sees the perfect purpose for you. He sees you with a good lens, with a good eyes. That is why no matter where we have gone wrong, no matter how much we have sinned, he still opens his arms and receives us because how he sees us is practically different from how the world sees us. But the devil does not see you like that. The devil sees you with the eyes of condemnation. The Bible said it in Matthew, he said, even Satan, your accuser, said he said he accuses you daily. He said, even Moses, your father, accuses you also. So, the lens of Satan is accusation, but the lens of God is love. No matter where you run to, he will still accept you. That is God for you. So, start seeing yourself in his lens that you are loved, that you are blessed, that you are gifted, that his, his plans for you are perfect, that you are perfect, and that you will grow into maturity, that you are loved, and that is the message love. Whatever you are doing is to demonstrate the love of God. That is what you should see. And you should measure up to that standard love, to love people. Called into holiness, you must walk in holiness because. Your call, your 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 purpose will demand that you are consecrated, you walk in consecration. In other words, you are holy, duly separated for God. You are righteous, set apart for God. So these are the standards that you go into maturity, go into love, you grow into holiness. Now, anything outside this, if the devil is trying to tell you it is difficult, know that your mind is facing a battle. Know that the devil is waging a battle because you are in this world. The Bible said that you are in the world, but you are not of the world. And he said, the God of this world commits to rule, but he has nothing in me. Remember, the battle is in your mind. For you to overcome, you must first defeat that battle in your mind. So, I pray that today the Lord touches someone, the Lord blesses someone with this message out there. 
and if you know you have gone farther from god you know you have your love for god has grown cold please i beg you is the time to make it right with god this is the time to make it right with him i beg you is the time to make it right with him so you can just say this prayer dear heavenly father i thank you for your sacrifice thank you for your son who died for me on the cross of calvary i've come to realize that you love me so much and today i renounce my sins i ask that you please raise my name from the book of death i write my name in the book of life today i accept you as my lord and personal savior lord please deliver me from the power of sin and father thank you for accepting me into your family in jesus name we pray amen so if you have just said that prayer god bless you welcome to god's family god's love will radiate in your life his perfect plans will be made displayed in your life i thank you all so much for always tuning into this podcast god bless you god bless you i love you guys have a splendid splendid weekend bye guys till next time